All right, hi, I'm uh, Brett Clark, I'm the Director of Technology. And I'm Keisha Seitz, Director of eLearning at Five Star Technology Solutions. I'd like to welcome you to our second week of Leading Through Technology. Uh, last week when we did this, we started without a name. By the time we posted it, we come up with that name for our podcast. And uh, if you're watching this, please feel free to uh, put us on, on the background and get back to whatever it is that you're working on. Or uh, if you're listening to us on our podcast through Sound, SoundCloud, I hope that you're uh, enjoying this podcast while you are uh, taking a walk, doing exercise, uh, whatever it is that you're doing while listening to this. We just are appreciative of everybody who uh, tuned into our first week and uh, shared our podcast out, uh, whether through YouTube or through SoundCloud. We appreciate uh, all the feedback. Be sure that while you're listening to this, that uh, to subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And please leave, leave comments and questions below. We appreciate uh, audience participation. So uh, this week, Keisha, we're going to continue talking about AC Standard 2. Mm -hmm. We dove in a little bit about leadership last week, talked about just the uh, important role of uh, that, that principals and teacher leaders play um, in getting our schools to where we want to be. So this week, we're going to continue diving into uh, AC Standard 2. And the part that we're going to break down is that very first part of this, which says that um, we're to ensure instructional innovation, focus on continuous improvement, of digital age learning and so that's a mouthful as uh, typically all standards are in education so uh, we're gonna break this down a little bit today and have discussion about what does it really mean to uh, to fulfill this part of the standard and uh, hopefully um, give all of us uh, some insight on, on what it is to uh, um, to really to ensure these things and, and that's that first word that that we can focus on is ensure how do we ensure that, that this is happening in our school because this is important so the very first part there is talking about is, is ensuring instructional innovation. And so let's just have some discussion here, Keisha, and talk about what is instructional innovation. So when we talk about that phrase, instructional innovation, what are we actually talking about? So uh, we live in this very exciting time in schools where we have so many different options for how our students learn, how we can engage students, the tools that are available to us. But what we often see is just that we are using these tools as an afterthought or we're using them in ways that have already been used. We're not really doing anything different. And so we get the same results that we've had with just traditional teaching. So um, when we think about instructional innovation, we're thinking about that purposeful decision to try something different or to use something that we've already used before in a different way with the focus on the learning. So um, in order to be instructionally um, innovative, that looks like us really focusing on what we want our students to achieve and then trying something new that will help them, that really will improve that learning process. And we know that with risk-taking that's necessary for this to happen, it's going to fail sometimes, and that's okay. That's still instructionally innovative. We're trying something new, and it's purposeful. It's not just we're adding in a tech tool later, or we're just trying something on the fly. If we're purposeful about the planning of it, that's where it gets to that instructional innovation, where we're just trying to do different things. Even if it fails, we're learning from it, and our kids are getting an experience that is benefiting them in some so I think that word innovation is like the interesting word because something that that is you know one of the you know newest you know buzzwords around education mm -hmm. and something that I, I wonder if everybody agrees that it means the same thing. So when we talk about innovation, like, do you does that just mean new? Uh, does it mean does it have to uh, improve the outcome in your classroom, uh, or is uh, or is is innovation um, is is it okay for it to to to, to not be, be an improvement or does it have to be an improvement for it to be tr truly considered innovation what do you think 
Um, I think that the definition of the word innovation means that you're trying something new in general, whether it, it is or isn't contributing. But I think that when we think educationally, everything that we do in our classroom should be to try to improve the learning um, that's going on in the classroom. Um, I think that we can be innovative and just try different things and it could have no impact on student learning. But I think that's part of the learning process. I think the intent of being innovative has to be to try to improve. It doesn't mean that necessarily will, but... Yeah, what do you think? No, so I think the, the, the key for our teachers is that when they try things new, that even when they um, don't quote unquote succeed in those student outcomes, mm-hmm. it's like how can we leverage that so as a learning opportunity? How can we make sure that what um, our um, our classrooms are trying those innovative moments that even when something doesn't go as planned, you know, how can we make sure that our students are seeing us as learners? Uh, and that was the, the main, the, the biggest, uh, maybe innovative change I made to my teaching was in the classroom, was that uh, I told my students, I'm like, you know, I'm not actually here to be uh, a math teacher. I'm here to teach you how to learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, to, it just happened to be that that mathematics was what framed our learning, uh, what we uh, was what, what our, our outcomes were geared towards. But I was more worried about them becoming good learners and about learning from everything. And so I think that that's uh, I think that's uh, um, an important piece of this is knowing for sure exactly um, you know what it is that you're trying to accomplish in your classrooms. Uh, so I, th- I think that that part we talk about real purpose. I think that that's that's important, um, and that we're not just doing an after afterthought. Uh, one of the biggest uh, flaws I think that what we as educators do sometimes is that we we see something that. Uh, it works in that classroom, and we really think it's a tool that does the, that's, that's doing the working. It's not the tool that's improving the classroom. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not the technology. It's, 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 it's the teacher. And so it's, it's the instructional innovation starts with, uh, with that word instruction. And, um, and the, the, the word technology isn't involved in instructional innovation. Um, it doesn't even have to have, quote unquote, you know, a new piece of software and equipment for it to be instructional innovation. So I think those conversations are important to have with our teachers. So if you're a principal out there listening to this today, you know, have that conversation with your teachers of what, what, what is, what are instructional innovation uh, practices that you're trying, that you've tried this year in your classroom, and see what kind of responses you get back from your teachers. Uh, if they send you back tools in their responses, or just tools in their responses, then have the conversation about how maybe that truly is not real innovation. But if they talk to you about practices and how the structure of their class has changed, then you know, hey, look, that's a teacher who's truly trying to be innovative. Uh, so I think that's a, that's a, a good conversation starter that we can use in our classrooms. And, and that hopefully that's what you're getting out of this podcast are little pieces that you can then, then pull out and say, hey, I'm a, my next PD session with my teachers, I'm going to say, um, talk to them about instructional innovation. I was just in the classroom last week, and something that you said kind of sparked this example. And I was walking into it was a math classroom at the high school level, and the teacher knew that I was coming to do observations. And so the teacher was trying to use some tech tool um, that I hadn't heard of before, but it was a math tool that allowed students to see um, on their smart board and manipulate angles. And so that was the purpose of the lesson. So while I'm in there, the students are not getting it at all. I mean, like, it's cool. They're dragging the angle around, and and they're able to see it. And so the teacher um, just isn't flustered or anything and just says okay we're just gonna go and do it this way I haven't tried this before so he's digging through his desk and he finds like a ball of yarn and he has students come up and he throws yarn to them and has them pull um, you know the angle and is it getting smaller is it getting larger and why and and they just that hands-on learning experience those kiddos 
got it. They understood it in that moment. So that's an example where tech maybe isn't the best opportunity, but the teacher afterwards, because I stayed for most of the lesson just because it was very good instruction that was going on and I wanted to see it. And um, the teacher came up afterwards and said, I apologize, that wasn't, um, that wasn't me using technology very well. And I was like, well, I'm not here to look for that. I'm here to look for good teaching. And so it was just interesting. And the teacher was like, oh, so that was okay. And I'm like, absolutely, that was okay. That for me is the innovative. I'm, gonna, I'm going to try something new. What I'm doing isn't working. So sometimes it is on the fly but it was very purposeful the teacher said oh I know I can do this and they're going to learn it a different way and I feel like this standard especially gives teachers a lot of creativity and how they teach and it brings some of that back that being innovative and, and bringing in um, their skill as a professional into the classroom right and that's that that, that, that professional curse that we should be allowing our teachers mm -hmm. to uh, to explore innovation in a way that's best best for their students and uh, to make sure we're not being tool driven in our, our instruction um, so we talked about then about instructional innovation. Let's talk about um, digital age because that's uh, kind of the, the jump to, to the tail end of this. So if we start with instructional innovation and we're trying to uh, improve digital age learning, uh, what what does digital age learning uh, actually look like? So for me, I think about my children and when they graduate, there are going to be jobs that are going to be available to them that don't exist currently. And that's a catchphrase that we hear a lot, right? Mm -hmm. um, that we can't prepare them for everything, but we can equip them with the skills that we know that they're going to need. They're going, you were talking about how I'm here to teach you how to be a learner, not necessarily math, but math is part of that that I'm going to teach you. Um, so I feel like digital age learning is very much tied to that. It is teaching them the skills that they need to interact in those kinds of environments. How do I collaborate? How do I think uh, creatively and critically and you know, how do I communicate with other people effectively both face-to-face -face and online in the digital world? Um, so for me digital age learning is um, You know really just preparing our students for life after they leave our school environments and um, so giving them authentic opportunities to participate in online and digital forms of learning and I think that there are several things that are really necessary um, for a digital age learning environment to, to be successful. And so some of those things are things like, you know, the physical school location, making sure the classroom is set up, that it's, um, you know, there's flexible furniture, or not even that the furniture is flexible, but the teacher is flexible in allowing kids to get up and move and, and do different things and just kind of learn in different ways than sitting in rows, sage on the stage model. Um, so the instruction has to change and the teacher and the administrators have to model those skills. Um, and the attitude also has to be there, right? In order to, um, there has to be buy-in that these skills are important, that they're not just something extra that we have to teach kids. Because right now, as we all know, teachers are overwhelmed with how many standards and different initiatives and different programs and, and different things. And so I think the first step in order to get that digital age learning started is um, for administrators to model it, but then also for teachers to understand and have buy-in to why are we teaching this? Why is this important? And why do our kids need it? Yeah, something you said made me think about a word that we use when we were uh, having conversations earlier, uh, first semester mm -hmm. around this very around this very thing, and that's 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 the word seamless. Uh, digital age learning uh, it should be seamless because we're not moving away from things where our students have lived prior, uh, but we're we're adding to and 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 that world of. Um, of you know the virtual world and, and the quote unquote the real world or whatever, uh, you know, the, that that line is, is isn't really there. We put that line there. You know, there isn't really a divide there. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and we've got to work on make sure that that type of learning um, be, it becomes seamless. 
that our students understand that whether you know we're, whether we're meeting face to face to record this podcast or whether you're in a meeting in another city, you know that, that doesn't change the activity. What what is we're trying to accomplish? Uh, we just have to admit, to be flexible and to find the right tool to still get to that that same goal. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what, that's that piece that uh, I, I want to see as we move towards you know with this digital age learning is um, make sure that that. You know, we're we're going towards those 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 proper goals, and then making those decisions on you know when is the right time to sit down and have a face to face conversation. When is it the time to put you know that device away and sit down and have that conversation? But when is the time that making sure that we understand the um, the purpose of those digital age tools mm-hmm. and the things that how they can um, how they can they can capture the the um, the content that's needed. Um, you know. It's just it wants evolution. We, you know, we've gone from from uh, you know communicating so much through email uh, to communicating so much through text messaging, uh, and then we get into these group text messages, and and, and now my team is re- is starting really to use uh, Slack mm-hmm. as a, as a new tool um, that is purposeful. It's, it's it is like organized group text messaging because one of the things that always bother me about, about email and about that group messaging is that. Um, that things get lost. You have to find the, the thread or somebody uh, makes a comment about another topic inside a different email thread. So then it's like, you're trying to go back and research that, <laughs> but you can't. And that's where a tool like Slack yeah. allows you to, uh, and, and I'll put a link to, to, to Slack for you guys to learn about it uh, in, our, in our show notes below. Um, but Slack allows those group messaging to then be organized in different ways. And it has really helped us to keep our massive conversations uh, uh, Segment in, 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 a, in a really organized way because all of us wear multiple hats. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think your kids are wearing multiple hats, then you don't understand what students are involved in. Uh, they're more than just a fifth grader. You know, they're involved in uh, they're involved in sports, involved in, in in their community outside. They have older brothers and sisters that, that pull them in different directions. Uh, you know, uh, you know their their parents take them around and guardian whoever it is that's, that's caring for them. Uh, all of our students have multiple things going on in their lives uh, beyond beyond our classrooms, and so then to be at that, the biggest benefit for me as a person who lives a lot in this digital age and is engaged in it is what the digital age does for me to help keep all those things organized, mm-hmm. keep all things on track. So for me, what I like to see um, in this in this movement towards what digital age learning looks like is that I'm learning what I need to learn when I need to learn it, how I want to learn it, and I express that learning in the way that makes most sense to my skill set. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that, to me, is what digital age learning uh, is about, mm-hmm. is that freedom to, to keep all, all of these things uh, going and uh, to improve in those areas that I want, want to improve in. You know, um, Slack is a, is a tool that became important to me when it was important to me. Right. And, and and that's that's that key is, is is I learned Slack and how to use it because I needed that tool in my life to help me out, and uh, that's what I want my, my students to, to be like. Okay, we're going to learn this not because it's just written in some standard or something like that, but it's because this is important now, mm-hmm. and um, and that's that and that's why our kids flock to YouTube because they look up things that are important to them at that moment. So what can we do to create that type of environment where kids are self-selected into into those things? 
Hey everyone, it's your host Brett Clark here. Just want to interrupt the conversation Keisha and I are having. There were such uh, great conversations that we had that we couldn't decide what to edit out, so we decided to go ahead and make this conversation into two different parts. So you can hear the conclusion of our conversations and our podcast next week. But please be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to our SoundCloud channel, and don't forget to check out all the great resources uh, from Tom Whitby, Aaron Klein, Vicky Davis and John Spencer below. you want to check those things out. Again, thank you so much for listening to us today. I hope you enjoyed leading through technology.